Hello and welcome to the Raw Leadership Podcast with me, Steve Barker. My goal is to help you increase your skills and reputation as a leader, to increase your ability to connect and influence with others, and increase your ability to be the very best leader you can be, particularly in this time of change that is happening in leadership right now. As we get started today, I encourage you to visit my leadership website, www.stevebarker.com.au or my Facebook group, Audacious Leadership, where you will find heaps more resources, insights and strategies that will help you to continue to grow your leadership skills. G'day and welcome to episode 29 of the Raw Leadership Podcast with me, Steve Barker. How are you? How's life treating you? Hope that it's all going well. My apologies for not being around for over a month now. It's been an absolute bonkers month of October. Um, Just last week, I coached over 75 people. So trying to squeeze in time to find where I can record a podcast is of a premium at the moment. Anyway, enough of the excuses. Let's get into today's topic, which is all about leadership and culture. And you know, this comes from a conversation that I've just been having online with another leadership coach. And they asked, what comes first? Is it, is it leadership? Is it culture? Or is it your employees? Do you recruit people to change your culture? Or does your culture just change naturally over time with the people that you've got around you? Or <clears throat> is the culture you know, the responsibility of the leader. And this is something that I've been sharing and in, you know, educating and sharing my perspectives, my experiences um, of working in many different cultures. Because when I was in the military, I was in charge of various different sections, various different teams um, as I moved around my military career. And we never had the luxury of being able to recruit new people into our section. We were just given people. People would be posted in, people would be detached in. And that was our team, whether we liked it or not, whether they met the mould or not. And this is where I come to the uh, observation that the workplace culture is created by the leadership. It's created about the standards that they hold, uphold. It's, it's created around their leadership ethic. It's created around how they roll. And because in the military, it's quite a dictatorial leadership style. It's kind of like, I'm the sergeant, you're the corporal, you're the airman, you'll do as you're told. I'm the officer, you're the sergeant, you're the corporal, you're the airman, you'll do as you're told. There's not really much um, sort of engages, engagement. There's not much... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Dem- democracy. <laughs> One of the phrases we used to use in the military was, we would fight for democracy, we wouldn't run a democracy. <clears throat> and that was, that was sum up the leadership style sometimes. So I, I'm a great believer that the leader determines the culture. Now, as I've moved into the civil sector, one of the things that I've really started to notice and working within the civil sector as well as being a leadership coach within it, one of the things that I've really noticed is that people think if they change their team, then the culture will change because they're bringing in fresh blood, you know, new people, new thinking. But if the leadership style stays the same, or the old culture is so well ingrained, those new people will either have to fit in to that leadership style or to uh, fit into that culture or leave. And this is why we see such a high turnaround of people, 
you know at the moment there's there's a there's a, a skill shortage around the world people seem to be struggling to find um the 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 best employees to be able to fit into their team there's a you know recruitment drive virtually all the time for people and yet there's still people leaving workplaces in droves because they will leave one job because they don't like the workplace culture then they'll arrive in another place and think through the interview you know everything's great it's all kumbaya it's all very exciting and then within weeks they realize that the workplace culture is just as toxic as the last place they were in so they leave again and there's this constant churn going on so my perspective this is my own personal belief. I'm not saying it's it's right, but this is this is how I see it and this is based upon years of experience of running a multitude of different teams in different countries with different nationalities as much as having um my workforce forced upon me. I didn't get any choice as to who I would have in my team. So that's part of my experience, but also the experience of human behavior. You know, I've been studying human behavior now for over 20 years and being able to identify these patterns of behavior has helped me realize that when it comes to workplace culture, I, I believe, this is my again, my own personal opinion, that the leadership are responsible for creating, developing and upholding the workplace culture. Now, whatever the leadership sets in place starts to become the norm let me give you an example around this so the standards the standard to which the leadership uphold their themselves the rules the strategies the um the ways of doing things is paramount to how a workplace culture is developed and i was doing a team training <clears throat> with a team a few weeks ago and there was a disruptive element within that that training. There was a, a few people who were being disruptive and were um, just interrupting the training for everybody else. And I tried my usual approach, you know, the, the, the first time going in very gently and saying, hey, guys, can you just keep it down a bit, please? Yeah, we did say in the standards of the workshop that we would uphold respect and we'd be respectful of each other. So please, can you just keep it down? And uh, then... The second time, they, they were still being raucous, and I, I went in a little bit harder. I went, hey, guys, come on now. I've already asked you once. Can we uh, just wrap this up and, and get back to the learning place? And the third time, I went full drill sergeant on them. Now, <clears throat> I then got feedback. I, I, I didn't have a problem with it. Maybe I shouldn't have um, sworn at them, <laughs> but I used that, that D-type energy to be able to connect with them because that's what got their attention, and it worked. Um but I got feedback from not the, the leadership of that business, but from other um, team members from different teams around the region. And they were saying, oh, I heard you had a bit of a problem with such and such. And I was like, well, not a bit of a problem. They were just being disruptive. And I upheld the standard. Now, the interesting fact then came that the general manager phoned me and he said, oh, I heard, heard things didn't go so well with a certain element of one of our teams. And I explained what had happened. And he said, right, OK, well, Thanks very much for sharing what you, you you shared, and thanks very much for your service. And I was like, no worries, this, you know, these things happen. It's not a great drama. And he says it is a drama because this is against the workplace culture. This is against the values of how we roll. And then he would he he, he went he said he was going to go away and he was going to um, have one on one discussions with the people involved. And I thought, wow, 
there's an example of upholding the standard. That's not how the business rolls. That's not how the culture of the business is. And it is going to be addressed there and then. It's going to be nipped in the bud. It's going to be pinched out. So that, I think, is a great example of what I mean by upholding the standards sets the culture. Because this business, this this business, have got a great workplace culture. They um, really invest in their people. They give a shit about their people, and uh, you know, to have a few rogue elements putting that culture at risk was just not acceptable. So, the leadership, the general manager, upheld that and um, and dealt with it in his way. So that's what I mean by being able to sustain the culture through the leadership's actions. So the leadership drive the culture. They're the ones who, who grow the culture. They are the ones who will um, instill the culture based around their leadership style and where they want to be going. The team are then responsible for developing, nurturing, and enhancing that culture. So what we what we have then is we have a group of people who actually believe in the culture, who want the culture to be there because they like that culture. They like that, that way of working. They like that set of rules. And they thrive within those areas. Now, the final element is recruitment because once we've got that culture working and established and the team are thriving with it, and we can then recruit to that culture. One of the quickest ways to break a culture or to disrupt a workplace culture is to recruit the wrong people into the workplace. It's a little bit like, let's say, for example, most people in the workplace culture are a, a circle-shaped peg, and that's how they roll. And then we recruit a square-shaped peg because they've got all the qualifications, they've got all the skills, and we need that person. Well, what happens to the hold this square-shaped person now needs to fit into? Remember, the whole team are generally round-shaped, so they, they're quite happy with round-shaped people. They are uh, willing to accept the fact that a round-shaped person has left, but they would like a round-shaped person to refill that. But in comes this square. Now, we've either got to hammer that square into being a round-shaped person, which is going to be extremely difficult, or... Everybody else has to adapt to the fact that we've now got a square in the team. And that can be too much for some people. And what we start to see then is a them versus us culture starting to appear, where we have clicks, where we have tittle-tattle, where we have gossip. Because all of a sudden, the balance has been upset. We've now got a square in a circle's hole, and that's just not going to do. Now, what I'm and please don't, blow this into don't overthink this you know we still need squares we still need circles we still need triangles we still need hexagons we need a whole myriad of different people within our business to create the culture otherwise it literally does become a cult <laughs> it's just all circles and i did go into one business where he had uh, recruited the almost replicate of himself so this person if we look at the disc energy he was a high d and he phoned me up and asked me if he, I could come in and help him resolve an issue with his team. And I said, what's the problem? And he said, well, they don't listen to me. He says they think they know best. They only want to do things their own way. He says it's a lot of arguments. He says it's very hard work. And I was like, OK, no worries. So I went and had a quick look around his business. I came back within half an hour and I said to him, 
who's responsible for recruiting here? And he said, me. And I said, are you solely responsible for recruiting? He's like, yep. And I said, what sort of people do you like to recruit? And he says, well, people like myself, people who can get the job done, people who don't make fuss. And I was like, excellent. Okay, you've just answered my, my, my question. And I've worked out what's wrong with your team. You've basically cloned yourself in all of your employees. So because they've all got that mindset, they all want to get things done. They all want to do it their own way. They don't want to argue about stuff, but they will do if they need to. I said, is the reason why you're having so many problems. And he was like, oh, really? <laughs> and his next one, his next statement was, right, who do I need to sack? Because that's very much the D-type energy. But anyway, I, I, I digress. We move away from the culture. But this is where I say culture rises and falls on the leadership because it's down to the leadership to make sure that they're recruiting the right people to meet their their culture, to make sure that the, the culture is upheld, to make sure that the culture is kept and maintained um, and feel safe for the team members. Because when the team members feel safe, they will uphold the culture themselves. And what we then start to see is, you know, people upholding the culture within the team and saying, hey, that's not how we do things here. That's not how we do things in this business. This is how we, we do things within our team. This is how we do things. And they will educate that other person and guide them, mentor them, train them, coach them. And what we then start to see is that the culture becomes almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that they can then have their culture and they they maintain it because it's something that keeps them safe it's something they're proud of it's something that has boundaries it's something that they understand it's something that will enable them to be the very best version of themselves so workplace culture is absolutely critical if you're going to have a high functioning team but a workplace culture always, and this is, again, I will stress this, this is my own personal opinion, and I'd love to hear your thoughts around this. But I believe that the workplace culture is set by the leaders or set by the leadership. And that's set around that leadership style, the way that they uphold the rules, the way that they maintain the standards, you know, and Again, it comes back to the, the standard that we walk past is a standard we're willing to accept. So it doesn't have to be autocratic and dictatorship. You know, we could we can uphold standards in a nice way. We can do it with grace and humility when we know how to communicate effectively with other human beings. We will know how we can do that if we understand, you know, the the, the twelve pillars of conscious leadership, which is my leadership program, which is all about those soft skills being able to decode the human being. So, as I just said, I would love to hear your thoughts around this. I'd love to hear what your perspectives are around leadership and workplace culture. Who do you think is responsible for the workplace culture, for creating it, for upholding it, and for growing and developing it? Who do you think it is? What's been your experience around this? What's been your past experience? Maybe even before you moved into a leadership role, when you were on the shop floor, what was the workplace culture there? Have a look at the leadership style. Just reflect back and have a think about this because when you get this right, it really does start to impact how the team work, how the amount of stress that you have as a leader starts to reduce you know this is one of those things that john maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership and it's so true and i wholeheartedly believe that this is the same with workplace culture so look 
I just wanted to jump on and share that. I got really inspired after reading this this post on Facebook and to you know be part of the conversation. And then I thought, do you know what? That could be a great topic for a raw leadership podcast. So look, I hope that this serves you well. I hope that it gives you some food for thought. And if you've got any questions around developing or growing a workplace culture or anything to do with leadership, please hit me up. That's what I'm here for. You know, I love to share my insights and experiences so that I can help enhance other people's skills and life experiences as well as developing workplace cultures because let's face it we spend enough time at work let's make it a nice place to be let's make it a place where we actually are feeling valued where we feel like we belong and where we want to contribute as well as grow and develop ourselves all right so until the next time we catch up i do hope that this raw leadership podcast is serving you and um, we're on episode 29 now i will keep churning them out um not at the same rate as i used to but i'm certainly aiming to get out at least one a month all right i'd love to hear your feedback on how you are enjoying the raw leadership podcast as well so until the next time we catch up my name's steve stay safe take care of yourselves and we'll speak again soon until then take care Toodaroo. Thank you for joining me for this latest episode of the Raw Leadership Podcast. And if you're enjoying the content that I'm sharing, and if you are curious about how you can reach the next level in your leadership quickly, then perhaps you may want to connect with me to discuss what I do as a leadership coach and how I've already helped thousands of other leaders level up quicker than those around them and get that advantage that so many people are looking for. If you are interested in this, email me at steve at stevebarker.com.au or you can go to my website, stevebarker.com.au and you can message me from there. I look forward to hearing from you and I'm looking forward as well to continuing to share even more valuable content, insights in the next episode of the Raw Leadership Podcast. So until then, take care and we'll speak again soon. Toodaloo.